Hello and welcome back to Campus Kings, this week's edition of our extended Viva La Cats full coverage of college football. We're workshopping this one still. Uh, didn't get to get to it last week, just ended up being a little bit busy, but um, there was plenty around the world here in the college football world. Um, this week, the first college football playoff rankings have released, and they are interesting to say the least. I think if you had said at the beginning of the season, the college football playoff ranking would look the way it does, I think it wouldn't be too far off base, but there's one very interesting team at the top of that. Um, Who would that be? Uh, From your new home state of Tennessee, Justin, the Tennessee Volunteers, number one spot. Uh, It came in ranked at number three this week on the AP poll, but now that we're in November, AP poll uh, goes away into hiding, even though it still gets voted on. Uh, it loses its importance right away. So shout out to Tennessee being ranked number one. And we have a rare case, Justin. Uh, this happens in college baseball sometimes where there's so many different publications that publish their own number one. So uh, this year it actually happened in the SEC where there was like number one Tennessee facing off against number one Ole Miss uh, at some point during a weekend series. So we have... Number one, Tennessee, going on the road to face number one, Georgia. Yep. <laughs> at, 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 uh, in Athens this weekend at Sanford Stadium. So, but shout out to Tennessee, man. Like, this gives me like 2014 Mississippi State vibes when they were ranked number one oh, yeah. uh, in the nation. Like, it's very weird to see a non Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Clemson, like one of those non, like, n- unusual teams at number one. So, uh, it's very, cool uh shout out to them and i I follow a couple tennessee fans now and they seem very happy so uh, i'm just hoping that it just doesn't all come crashing down in a ring of fire but from the way they played against kentucky on saturday night man golly they are just like blowing teams out of the wall lights out yes um one thing i want to ask you while we're on the topic of tennessee let's say they go in take care of georgia it's no question right no question. They all they have to do is win. At the they they could win every one of their other games by one for the rest of the season, and they're in right. Even if they lost to Georgia and like Alabama wins, like they could theoretically like get yes. in, and like we could have the three team play uh, SEC playoff <laughs> scenario, which like I don't want to listen to that. I, it just feels gross in my mouth. So so that. so that's that's plan A if they take care of Georgia. Plan B if they lose. What do you think they're uh, realm of influence starts to fade at in this week. Do you think it's uh like, do you think three scores is fair? Do you think it's more or less? What are your expectations there? So if I remember correctly, no team that has a loss of 20 points or greater has ever made the college football playoff. So okay. that's kind of a bellwether mark to think about, um, yeah. you know, like, there was a, a thought that Texas A&M should have gotten in in 2020 over uh, Notre Dame at that number four spot. Um, Notre Dame actually lost by 21 to Clemson that year in the a- ACC title game, but they had beaten them already during the year. So that kind of canceled right. out. But other than that, it's like if you lose by like three or more touchdowns, you're kind of out. Uh, and like that was the reason why Ohio State got left out in 2017, even though they won the Big Ten. It's because they lost that stinker to Iowa that year. So yeah, big um, time too. I'm going to say Justin about three scores because, and like, I mean, Tennessee can put it on them too. Georgia has not really been tested. The only passing team they've really been tested by is 
Kent State earlier this year, and Kent <laughs> State hung around for longer than you think in that game. So uh, it's definitely possible that uh, Tennessee could give Georgia a run for their money. While, while you mentioned it, I would just like to make a very millisecond shrine to the Iowa offense, which once at one point in time did exist where I believe they put up, it was like what, like 55 to 20 something in that OSU yeah. game. So yeah. uh, no longer anymore. Thank you to uh, Brian Ferentz, but uh, he, <laughs> he, he got hired in that off season and it's never been the same since. <laughs> Absolutely not. Has not been the same. Um, with uh, all of that. Stuff, yeah. Yeah. So with, like three scores, yeah, with with all that said, um, we'll just leave it at this for the college football playoff rankings. There are five teams which are currently left that are eight and zero. Oh, those are Tennessee, Ohio State, Georgia, Clemson, Michigan, Alabama. Four of those obviously make up the top four. Michigan, Alabama, sitting on the outside at five and six. It'll be interesting to see how that shakes up, especially with a Michigan OSU game coming up this season as well. And you forgot about the hypnotoads of Dallas, uh, TCU. Oh, sorry. Yeah, totally skipped over them. Yeah, 8-0 as well. Got a (laughs) shout out to the hypnotoads. (laughs) Yeah, but uh, of course, Bama has to be in over them just because Bama, you know. Um, Justin, I don't know if you really noticed this, but there's a lot of like like outrage, whether it be real or fake, over the first, um, uh, like the first like uh, playoff rankings, you know. So uh, I just... I, you know, it'll all work itself out in the end. And usually like other than 2014, there has not been a year where there's been like legit controversy over that fourth spot. It all seems pretty cut and dry at the end. So usually it'll sort itself out. Um, so, but, but I, I think it'll be interesting to see. And like there, there could be a case this year that a 13 and 0 at TCU gets left out because they whatever they would they'll make up their own reason why they get left out but um, uh it'll probably be the fact that tcu went like almost five four or five straight games without playing a starting quarterback <laughs> yes yes exactly yeah or that but regardless uh, there they, ain't no yeah yeah or that they played a pretty like not great out of conference schedule but yeah. again hypnotoads eight no uh they somehow keep rolling they got big noon kickoff this weekend um i would have made them my campus kings of the week justin um but this week is a very special week to my heart. Uh, and in our native homeland of the Midwest, it is a very special week because something special started on November 1st, the day that we record this Movember? Maction football. Oh. Maction <laughs> football, baby. You were so close. So close. <laughs> if the M stands for Mac or Maction, then you would have been dead on. Well, there we uh, go. Mac <laughs> mid- midweek game started this week. So any of those students who are brave in those cold Ohio, Indiana, and New York temperatures, uh, well, Michigan temperatures too, because like Michigan in November, man, like it gets a little, a little dicey. So any student or fan who is braving the weather to sit through a Maction game when you're one of like a thousand people there, shout out to you. You are like really a campus king. From <laughs> no, through there. no body heat stadium, like in the middle of the field, no wall, no, no real height to the stadium. So there's nothing to really block out <laughs> the wind. Either. No, the, the wind whips at yeah. night too. It's, yeah. Yeah. They're like, awful. Tears right through you. Yeah. So shout out to all those kind souls that make it to Mac. You Mac are the Kings. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Like good for you. Like, I, and we will keep shouting you out as the games go on. Yes, sir. All right. Well, with all of that said so far, how about we jump into our picks of our games of the week? Um, why don't you kick us off here with some power five picks? 
I'm going to start us off with a quote from a Power 5 coach before I dig into our games. Uh, he said, uh, this coach is Elijah Drinkwitz, the head coach of the Missouri Tigers. And uh, in response to an 11 o'clock kick this week, 11 a.m. kick this week for his game against Kentucky, he said, uh, you probably don't want to drink your first beer until 1030. And I thought to myself, man, this, this man is not tailgated on a college football Saturday ever, maybe. Uh, I don't think he ever has because – Buddy, like no matter what, <laughs> if you're a diehard Missouri fan, you're getting up at like 630 and you're like cracking a beer. Here we go. Crack your bush lights because that's bush light <laughs> country in the zoo. So this first game is not happening until 330, 230 local. Uh, no, sorry. It will be 330 local because it is being played, as I said earlier, in Athens, Georgia, the greatest college town in the world. Number one, Georgia hosting number one, Tennessee. Georgia is an eight and a half point favorite. 3.30 game, CBS, the classic, like, biggest game of the year spot at that time uh, for CBS and for the SEC. And this is a game for all the marbles. I'm actually kind of mad that the playoff didn't rank Georgia number two just for, like, the, come on, we need a one versus two matchup. Yeah. Like, we don't really get those that often. You never so, get that. No. So uh, I think that would have been cool to have. But anyway, uh, this is a game for literally all of the marbles um, in at the weekend and so it's like a massive game. I think everybody's going to be tuned in, whether you hate the SEC or you're the SEC's biggest fan. I think if you're a college football fan, you're watching that game for sure. You know that game's going to be on everywhere. That's one thing. Like I'm, I'm uh, going to be going out at some point probably this weekend, and you can pretty much guarantee that every single TV in the state of Tennessee is going to be tuned into that game for sure. Yeah, yeah, and I'm kind of surprised that Georgia is such a big favorite because Tennessee has mostly done nothing but wreck teams this year. So Highest um, powered offense in the country. Other than Alabama, uh, and Alabama got a defensive score as well, and Tennessee still came back and won that game. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd be very interested. Georgia has not really been tested this year by a great team, so I'm kind of looking forward to see how that goes. Um, Expose the dogs. Hendon Hooker, Jalen, Jane Hyatt, maybe exposing some doubters. Um, so uh, from one, two current SEC teams to a future SEC team, we go to the hat, Manhattan, Kansas. Number 24, Texas is a two-and-a-half-point favorite on the road as they visit the number 13-ranked K-State Wildcats. K-State has been playing with their backup quarterback for the last couple of weeks, and they have uh, they rolled last week. Uh, although yeah. it was a very injured Oklahoma State, they still beat that ass forty-eight to nothing. That's which uh, is uh, obscene. <laughs> uh, I listened to uh, Bomani Jones's podcast, The Right Time, and uh, yeah, he, he, whenever someone gets beat that bad, it's not just a beat down; it's a beat them down. <laughs> so, uh, shout out to Bomani. That's a beat them. That was a beat them down scoreline. That was a, a whooping. Quick question for you. Do, do you think that Texas actually ha deserves to be the favorite in this game? No, but they're Texas and they somehow get like the, they Vegas knows that more money is going to be on bet on Texas. If they're the favorites or against Texas, if they're the favorite. So uh, Fair point. I, sometimes you just got to think about where is Vegas making more money here? So because they definitely like have systems for where they think about it, but they also want to make money too. They, that's why Vegas has all those high rise buildings. So, yep. <laughs> um, but I do think it's interesting though, that Kansas state has played so well without like with their backup quarterback, you know, and just 
how good they've been able to play. They even pretty much held their own against TCU. They kind of fell apart at the end, but they were up at one point, 28 to seven against TCU before TCU came back. Um, so I, we'll see if Adrian Martinez plays. If not, it'll be a very interesting game, but um, I'm looking forward to that one. Yep. Another game I'm looking forward to is the Friday night game in the Pac-12, Pac-12 after dark. This is Oregon State, number 23, Oregon State at Washington, who is a three-and-a-half-point home favorite despite being unranked against a ranked Beavers team. I really like Oregon State, man. Oregon State has been like they got cool uniforms. I like orange and black, of course. Uh, their turnover gimmick is a chainsaw because they are this in the forest uh, up in up in uh, Oregon, and like they have a turnover chainsaw that does not actually have a chain. It has it has a chain on it, but it doesn't go around. You know, like it's it's cool. So, um, like I just I like everything that Oregon State's doing, and this is a big spot for them. I actually watched one of their games earlier this year, Justin, where they were down by six points to uh, uh, to Stanford with like mm-hmm. a minute left, and they threw up a prayer hail mary that like the receiver went up and got, and they scored. A touchdown to just win that game when they had no business winning it. So, I'll, I'll I want to I want to say this much really quick and just on this Oregon State thing because not to be a naysayer here, but I'm curious as to how Oregon State has made it into the top 25. Personally, just because their two losses so far this year are versus USC and Utah, Utah beat that ass, uh, and they like you said almost lost it to Stanford. And then the rest of the resume resume includes Washington State, Colorado, Montana State, Fresno State, and Boise State, which I don't know. I mean, with two losses and you're still in the top 25, I don't see how they've done it, but I'm not going to count against the, the Beavers. I'm just wondering how they're in there because, I don't know, the system just seems a little odd for them to be there, but... If you have less than two losses and you play in a power five conference, chances are you're likely going to be ranked. That's fair. In the, in the playoff committee's top 25, because they, uh, I don't, I don't really believe all the things they say about, we watch all these games and rank all these teams. You just look at the records. Like there's data showing that like they just pay attention to the records. So um, (laughs) that's my rant on the CFP. Next one. (laughs) Clemson is number four this week. They are a three and a half point favorite at Notre Dame. Uh, one of the last games they lost before their trip to, uh, you know, before they lost three games last year in 2020, they lost two games. They lost one to Ohio state in the sugar bowl and they lost at Notre Dame in this matchup. I think it was about this time too. Like it was like mm-hmm. right after the election. So it was about starting November. Um, and Trevor Lawrence was unable to play in that game. DJ Ubiungalule started that game, and he played pretty well, but uh, they weren't able to close the deal. And Notre Dame got that win that basically put them in the playoff that year. Uh, so Clemson visits Notre Dame again, um, and I'm just really interested to see if they can keep this going. Um, DJ Ubiungalule has not played well this year, um, and Notre Dame has not played well this year just as a team overall, but uh, they have a weird win against North Carolina uh, where their offense was actually good. And North Carolina's defense was predictably bad. That's North Carolina's only loss of the year. So I'm really interested to see if Notre Dame comes out to play. Notre Dame just did lose to Stanford a couple weeks ago. So, and I don't think they played. No, no, I'm sorry. They, uh, they beat up on Syracuse last week. So there's a little bit of momentum there, but I really don't think they have a chance against, uh, Clemson, but we'll see. That line is a little bit close for my liking. 
And uh, we're going to wrap it up with two games. Uh, Michigan State, after uh, getting beat in the uh, Paul Bunyan Trophy uh, uh, and then beating up on some Michigan players in the tunnel, uh, they're looking for another physical beatdown as they head on, on, on the road again to face number 16, Illinois, who is a 16-point favorite, Justin. Illinois, 16-point favorite. Illinois coming off last year being a 16-point favorite in literally any game this year, even playing an I'm FCS just, team. I'm just mad that like they the refs handed Indiana that first win because they should theoretically be undefeated still. And they yeah. should be much higher. And uh, they play Michigan either next week or in a couple weeks. I don't think they're going to win that game, but man, like – like you know, Illinois is going to be the West team at ten and two, getting that play, uh, you know, getting that championship game. So uh, another like small time program that you don't usually see get up there. So I'm just very excited for that game. Uh, it's on Big Ten Network, so you're gonna kind of have to be a little bit of a sicko to watch this game, especially <laughs> as it's against Tennessee and Georgia. But that's yeah. why we have phones and uh, laptops. Like just put it on a second screen or something if you want. Yes. Our honorable mention game is a game. That might be that will be coming up on the heart on the basketball floor later this year, but is an <laughs> interstate rivalry between number twenty one Wake at number twenty two NC State. Um, Justin uh, NC State had a pro prospect quarterback in Devin Devin Leary, who uh, you know he, they were they looked pretty good for the first few games of the year. He played in the Clemson game um, and they played pretty well until Clemson won out in the end. Uh, but they lost him a few weeks ago to injury and. They just kind of have not been the same since. They had to hang on uh, to win last week. Um, I forget who they played, but um, they had to really hang on uh, to win. Uh, I think it was like Georgia Tech. No, no, it was Virginia Tech. I remember that. Yeah, they, they had to come back and beat a bad Virginia Tech team uh, on at home on Thursday night. So, But, you know, Wake, who we thought was pretty good this year. Uh, Justin, do you remember what they did on Saturday? Um, perhaps the most obscene amount of turnovers you will ever see in a college football game in the third quarter. Uh, usually after the first half, you get a chance to get things going. Uh, <laughs> wake, uh, yeah, not pretty. Probably the most ugly thing you'll see all year. That is a sick type of quarter. Yeah. They had uh, six straight turnovers and a bad uh, so. beats at that too. Yeah. Yeah. So that was gross. Um, <laughs> so this is just a kind of a sickos P five game, but um, I'm, I'm interested. So tune into your local ACC regional network um, affiliate. Uh, if you know that joke, you know, that joke is, if not uh, just look it up, somebody will be angry about it. So that is our P five rundown for the week. Justin, take us to the beautiful land of the group of five. Yes, sir. So first on the docket for the week, is going to be App State playing at Coastal Carolina. Coastal is 7-1 and one on the year, App State 5-3. and three. Coastal is definitely uh, got the lead here at 4-1 and one in conference, but um, makes for an interesting story considering where both these teams were projected to be at the beginning of the year. Um, if you'll remember our beloved Cinderella run that looked like could be a lot of something at App, for App State at the beginning of the year um, with those wins that they racked up over Texas A&M and a few others um, now is kind of dwindled in. But nonetheless, App State is actually uh, the favorite here um, in the uh, our matchup predictor. They are a three-point favorite in this week. 
Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens because I really, really um, am curious to see if Coastal can kind of keep this thing going. Um, of course, you know, they could be in an interesting spot for a New Year's Six if they can kind of win out. Um, we'll see what happens with the AAC and all that. But regardless, uh, that's going to have some later implications there. App State's uh, kind of weirdly falling off a cliff, too. Like, I feel like I yeah. haven't heard much about them ever since they lost that JMU game. Yeah. And that is um, actually, while you're on it, a good transition to another one that we have, uh, which is going to be JMU at Louisville. Louisville is a seven and a half point favorite. Uh, Louisville, they got the better of week last week, as we were just talking about. Um, Louisville is an interesting prospect this season. Um, they did have a win over UCF who is now in the top 25, uh, for reasons unbeknownst to us as Cincinnati Bearcats fans, but that's for conversation for another day. Um, would be interesting to see kind of where that's at there in a similar point in time, um, structurally for their records on the year as well. Um, and JMU could kind of make some moves here. Still interesting to see for their first season in FBS as well, um, to see just how they're doing. They're not doing too bad for a team that's come, uh, you know, on the come up here. So we'll see how that one shakes out a uh, big one here. Speaking of UCF, uh, UCF at Memphis, UCF is coming off a win against our beloved Cincinnati Bearcats. None of us were happy about that, but regardless, UCF is in a position um, to try to take another win on the board um, for conference play in the American key thing to pay attention to here. Memphis is at home. Uh, Memphis is not a pretty team this year by any means, but I think Memphis has a shot in this because of what we saw with ECU um, when they played UCF. The thing that I think is kind of interesting about this is that Memphis is a team that is. Oh, shoot. Sorry. Hold on. <laughs> I was catching a lot of background audio. Um it's, oh, I sorry. think it's clear. Now. No, you're good. <laughs> you're good. Um, uh, where was I at? Uh, yes. Uh, Memphis is a team that really has not been able to uh, kind of get it going this year. Um, they're on a three game skid against Houston, ECU, and Tulane. Um, Tulane being their most recent loss, 38 28 on the road. Um, Tulane's been racking it up. Um, that was not mentioned in any games uh, or any of our games this week, but Tulane is going to be another team to watch um, as they try to pull things together for the end of the season. I just want to mention something real quick on UCF Memphis before we go, uh, before we move on. Um, did you know, Justin, that between the years of 1990, when I believe UCF was still an FCS program and 2020 uh, UCF beat Memphis 13 consecutive times. Wow. Yeah. So <laughs> um, UCF uh, has kind of held their number a little bit, um, especially with two American Conference Championship game wins against them um, as well. Uh, Memphis only beat them by one point in 2020, a 50 to 49 affair. But uh, other than that, the all-time series is a 14 to two in favor of UCF. So wow. um, UCF kind of has their number. And also we mentioned it on our Vivo Cat show, but man, like – uh, my guy Ryan Silverfield at Memphis, he he might not have a job, but if he won this game, it might help him get back. Oh, there because I like think I it said, would save him for sure. Yeah, he'd probably have to win another road game, but I th I think that would really help 
solidified his case to get another year. He's got he's got UCF, Tulsa at home, and uh, North Alabama as well at home. I think if he can man if he could manage to pull off this UCF win uh, and any possibility, Tulsa and North Alabama, I think they've got a good shot to win both of those. Um, Tulsa has not looked so good um, after kind of sputtering this year. Um, SMU don't see them winning that, but there's a good chance that Memphis could end up with a couple wins on the year. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but regardless, uh, UCF, we would love to see them lose. I think it would be great personally. Um, so we're cheering for the Tigers this week. They're two and three in conference. UCF is three and one. It would certainly help us out in the conference conversation going into the title game. Um, but we'll see what happens. I think UCF is obviously going to be, um, you know, kind of the clear favorite, but you don't know. They've shown a little bit of iffy. What are they going to be? And they showed that last week. They showed that the week before with ECU. I think they could show it again this week. Um, similar to the Bearcats, they're figuring it out. Who knows what will happen there? Um, last two games here, we have South Alabama at Georgia Southern. Georgia Southern uh, is going to be the dog here at uh, four over. Um, I think I think it's going to be an interesting one. It's going to have, an, again, um, some more sort of late season implications. Um, we'll see what kind of shakes out here. South Alabama has looked pretty good. Um, they've got a couple decent wins. I think they'll be able to pull this one out personally. Um, but again, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens when you put these two together and they're vying for this, uh, last spot here. I'm trying to, my computer's freaking out here. There we go. Got it now. Um, of course now it's not going to do what I want it to. Okay, cool. Never mind. But regardless, uh, it's going to be an interesting game. Keep your eye out on that one. Um, last game here of the week is going to be BYU at Boise. BYU is an interesting, interesting, interesting conversation this year. They tried to make the hardest independent schedule that they possibly could. Uh, they scheduled teams like Arkansas. They scheduled um, Baylor, Baylor as well. Um, Boise, too, BYU, tough. which yes, you're never going to get out of there easily. Um, I think it was kind of an oversight by them. This is one of those things that I think ends up being a problem when you schedule years in advance. You catch teams on the up and you catch teams on the down. Uh, they had Baylor. They had Oregon. They had Notre Dame. They had Arkansas. They had Liberty. They have Boise State. It's a tough schedule. You're not going to win a lot in that unless you're really on it. Um, this year, they're not. They're sitting currently at four and five. Um, on a four game skid after looking not too bad at the beginning of the year, winning over Baylor, uh, number nine at the time, um, losing to Notre Dame, Arkansas, Liberty, and ECU in a row. That's tough, especially when three of those games are in Provo and you're supposed to have that sort of air advantage, as they say, um, the oxygen advantage in Provo. And they just haven't been able to get it done. So it'll be interesting to see because Boise is actually the favorite in this game. Uh, seven and a half point favorites, uh, 6 p.m. local start time there. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what shakes out. Personally, I think I think BYU's probably got it this time just because they've been on a skid. I think that they can shake this one out. Boise does look good, um, but I don't know. I, I really think that BYU can't skid for that long 
they're going to find a way to be bowl eligible by the end of the year. And I think Boise is going to be one that they could shake out, but I don't know. We'll see again. It's another one of those things where maybe you just need to change it up, take a hard road game and pull it out. And maybe you can recover the rest of your season. So we'll see what happens there. Um, the, this sucks bowl of the week, uh, wanted to get to that because that's one of actually, before we get to that, we'll throw in our honorable mention here. Uh, our honorable mention for this week is army at air force. Uh, this is going to be one of those games where you got to salute your local soldiers. Uh, Steve, give us a little detail into this one. Cause this one's interesting. That's true perspective, Steve, to you, sir. True perspective, sorry, Steve. Sorry. Uh, this is obviously a rivalry game. Uh, I believe Air Force has already beat Navy this year. Um, I actually don't know that. I'll check. But anyway, um, this is actually like one of the weirder games that is being played at 1130 before like the end of college game day and all the noon games start. This starts at 1130, 1030 local time. Uh, and it is being played. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, our Air Force did beat Navy this year, uh, 13 yep. to 10. That was a 1030 local kick. Um, so, and then army, they're playing army this week at the Rangers stadium, uh, in Arlington, which is indoors, but it's a baseball stadium indoors. Uh, and that is another game that's starting early, uh, for them. So, uh, 1130 kick. I just like that. They're, they're saying, you know what, why don't you watch us? If you don't like college game day anymore, watch the end of this, uh, watch the start of this game instead. Um, get, yeah. get your day started early. So, uh, I'm a troop respecter. Um, I will be cheering for our, our Air Force in this game because um, I kind of want to see them win again because they were kind of a trendy like G5 uh, New Year's Six Bowl pick yeah. earlier this year. Um, and they kind of faded away a little bit, but I would like to see that happen. So uh, baseball stadium, t- uh, triple option game, 11.30 a.m. Eastern. What more could you want? <laughs> uh, yeah, the way I see this, Wings up, fade the Black Knights. Uh, this, that's how this one's going to go. Um, for our last point here, we have the This Sucks Bowl. Um, there's always going to be some shitty games out there, but this week's game is a pillow fight out there. Quite shitty indeed. It's going to be New Mexico at Utah State. Both these teams are very bad, uh, but somehow with both these teams very, being very bad, New Mexico in particular, Utah State are 16 and a half point favorites in a game where both these teams are very bad. Um, there's not really a whole lot to say other than again, like usual, you'd have to be pretty drunk to watch this one, uh, or just bored out of your mind either way. Um, I believe the kick for that, I think is going to be at three 30. I'm trying to remember. I'd have to look that up, but don't quote me on it. Um, it's going to be interesting to see regardless, uh, if New Mexico can add one extra win to their season, uh, double their wins in a single game uh, because something's not right in New Mexico. That state just can't get it right when it comes to football. Maybe it's a population. Maybe it's, I don't know, here you're in a neighboring state over there. Maybe you could give us a little more insight, but New Mexico has been uh, on a skid for quite some time. Uh, both teams. They film Breaking Bad there, Justin. I mean, you know, Rio Grande, uh, Blue Meth rivalry, you know, all that good <laughs> stuff. Um, Utah State uh, won on the football field. They've been bad this year. They lost 35 nothing to Weber State, who was an FCS team that uh, snapped the ball out of their own end zone on punts four times a couple weeks ago um, <laughs> to give the other team eight points in a game that they lost by five. So um, 
Yeah. And they That's lost insane. to that team 35, 35 to, <laughs> no, I think it was 35-7. But yeah, it was, you got beat. Uh, and then also in more serious matters, uh, <laughs> just look up Utah State football on Google. And uh, there's a there's some not so great off the field stuff going on there right now. Um, oh, yeah. I don't want to breathe light to it here, but uh, not great other than that. But um, I, I am kind of cheering for my neighboring state of New Mexico um, to to win one, get back on track. You never know. It could happen. Shout, go Lobos. Like go, uh, the, the pit is one of the greatest college basketball venues. There are um, not much going there for the football team right now, but eh, you know what? Go Lobos. Go Lobos, man. Go Lobos. We'll see what happens in that one. Um, that covers just about everything for our weekly edition of Campus Kings. Um, for those of you who have listened this far in, if you have any recommendations, anything you'd like to hear, see, or uh, have talked about, just let us know. Send us a DM. Uh, keep us in your tabs there. Uh, we are going to try, like we said, to keep this consistent throughout uh, the rest of the college football season. Um, maybe we'll find a way to throw in some college basketball too. I don't know. It's kind of nice to talk college basketball, especially when that world gets real crazy real fast with some of those early season tournaments um, that always happen. Um, you know, I think things and the get... amount of epitome of brutalities that happen. <laughs> Epitomies of brutality that happen. Yeah. So in a plural, many, many yeah. happen very often. Yep. Uh college basketball is probably the most cannibalistic sport of any that I can think of, other than maybe soccer, which I think happens <laughs> a lot too. But with all that said, thank you guys for listening this week. Keep in tune for our uh next episode coming out, which will be our post-game review of the Navy game. That's about all we got. So take care, guys. See you next week. And we'll see what happens in this 1v1 game. Tennessee versus Georgia. Watch a Maction game. That's your homework. That's watch your homework. Action game. And then watch the Tennessee-Georgia game. All right, baby. We out. All right, sir. I'm going to go eat some Indian food and then um, shit my brains out later. <laughs> all right. Sounds good.